Hi, everyone. It's time for another two adventures from the Tales of the Texas Rangers here at 1001 Stories of the Old West. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. In this election year, this station is making it possible for you to follow the campaign of the next president on NBC. Tuesday, July 1st, be sure to hear another of NBC's pre-convention broadcasts. This program is called Convention City. It will offer you a complete description of the arrangements being made in Chicago the host city of both the Republican and Democratic conventions this year. Jim Hurlbut of NBC Chicago will serve as your host. The program will include interviews with Chicago officials in charge of the convention arrangements. You will hear the unusual problems resulting from the almost gigantic task of entertaining the two major party conventions. We're sure you'll find this a fascinating program, so consult your local newspaper for broadcast time and join us Tuesday, July 1st for Convention City. This is another special program brought to you so you may follow the campaign of the next president on NBC. Now, Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called X-Con. It is 10.30 on the morning of September 14, 1940. Ten miles outside the town of High Point in southwest Texas, a thin, worn-looking woman sits in the back room of a rundown house. She is sewing a patch on a pair of child's dungarees when she hears the front door open. Who's that? It's me. Tom? What you doing home this time of day? Where are the kids? Out playing somewhere. Why aren't you down at the packing house? Didn't the new job work out? Oh, it worked out real good for an hour. For a whole hour, they let me clean up the place. Nice of them to do that, now, wasn't it, Liz? What happened? Same thing that's happened before. I seen somebody whispering to the boss and pointing at me. Tom. I could see this guy's fat mouth making the words, killer, ex-con. Same words everybody always whispers when they look at me. And the boss comes out and says he got somebody else for my job. Did he pay you? Yeah. Here. Seventy cents. Get some meat and milk for the kids, and don't forget to put what's left in the bank. Talking like that ain't gonna help me. I don't know what helps. And quit nagging. I'm sick and tired of it. Telling me what I should and shouldn't do. Tom, why don't shut you... up? Shut up! I tell you. Liz. Oh, Liz, honey. Tom. I didn't mean it, honey. I'm sorry. I know. I know. It's just. Everything's all wrong. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. But there was even a man here looking for you this morning. What kind of man? He had real good clothes on and a pretty car. Maybe he's got some work for you. Could be that fellow from over at the brickyard. He almost gave me a job when I got out of the pen. Yeah, that's who it must be. 
Maybe he's got a job for me loading bricks. He must want you awful bad way he was talking. Loading bricks ain't bad work. I ought to get a whole buck an hour. Easy, maybe a buck and a quarter. Sure you will. And we won't have to worry no more about what ain't we... Ain't that somebody outside? Sounds like it. Oh, I can't let him see me in these dirty clothes. It won't make no difference. Do I, do I look all right? Oh, just fine, Tom. Run your hand over your hair and smooth it down a little. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you look just fine. I got a funny feeling in my stomach. Now, don't be nervous, honey. I'm coming. I'll be right there. Sorry. Oh, it's you. I want to talk to you, Dawson. Just a second. I'm going outside, honey. Don't you want to bring him? How many times I got to tell you to stay away from me? Now, look, It Dawson. ain't enough you come clawing around me in town. Now you got to come up to my house. I'm only trying to offer you a job. I come to your farm for a job. You turn me down. Well, that was different. But it's okay to ask me to do your dirty work, huh? Don't look at it that way, Dawson. We're, we're just helping each other out. I told you before, I don't go for killing. Suppose I give you a thousand for the job instead of five hundred. Why? Now, wait a minute. There's a business proposition, Dawson. I know you can't get a job. I'll get along. They even fired you down to packing house. You never get a job around here. You let me worry about that. Well, you're already worrying plenty. I can see that. Now, listen, there's an old lady in a town north of here, and all you got to do is get rid of her. Why'd you come to me? Because you're the only one I know can do it. I ought to beat your lousy face. Now, will you look? Cut out that stuff. This is business. thousand dollars for easy job. How about it, Dawson? I... All right. Well, that's more like it. Now, look. Here's a name and address on a slip of paper. And here, here's a gun. I don't care how you do it. But try and make it look like robbery. Huh? What about the money? Here's a hundred now. Get the rest when I read about it in the papers. Where are you going to be? Away with friends for a few days. I'll need money to get up there and back. All right. Here. There's another hundred. Now, don't waste any time getting started. I want to be reading good news in the paper soon, here. Dirty, lousy. Did you get the job? Here's some money. A hundred? You ain't even started work yet. How come you give you a... Never mind. I take the money. But... Will you shut up? I got to go up north for a day, so... Going to work at the brickyard? No. And quit asking questions. What'd you just put in that sack? Nothing. I want to see. Now keep away from here, Liz. Keep. What are you going to do that gun? I told you to keep away. You're going to do something bad. You're going to get in trouble again. Get out of the Don't way. Don't do it. You'll go back to the pen, and this time they won't let you I'm out. I'm in a hurry, Liz. Think about the kids. You want them to go up knowing the fathers are good. Yeah, go ahead. Say it. Knowing their fathers are con. Well, they're right. Three years in a pen and you get the name for life anyhow. That ain't so. We'll make out. We will, Tom. I'll see you as soon as I get back. No, no, Tom, please. Leave me alone. Tom, don't do it. Come back, come back, please. Ten minutes after Tom Dawson left the house, his wife took the children to a neighbor's. At noon, she appeared at a Texas Ranger Company headquarters. The distressed woman told her story to Ranger Jace Pearson. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ranger. I don't mean to keep bawling like this. That's all right, ma'am. Tom ain't bad. Nobody knows that better than me. 
I didn't want to come here. But i got to keep him from getting locked up again. We'll do everything we can to help. Now, about this man who came to your place this morning. You say you never saw him before? And this morning was the first time. And you don't know what he paid your husband to do? No. But it must have been something bad. Else he wouldn't have given Tom a gun. You sure your husband said he was heading north? I'm sure of that. Tom never fooled with a gun before. He wouldn't hurt nobody on purpose, but... But he's got an awful bad temper. I'm afraid we already know that from his record, ma'am. The trouble he got into before, that was an accident. He didn't mean to kill Bob Peters. Bob wouldn't give him his wages, and Tom got mad and hit him. He served his time for that, Mrs. Dawson. Our problem is to keep him from getting into any more trouble. I don't know what I'll do if he has to go to jail again. It was so awful the last time. Oh, Ranger, you got to stop Tom from doing something bad. you got to. We will, ma'am. If we can find him. I put out an all-points bulletin on Tom Dawson, then took Mrs. Dawson home. Sheriff Sims in High Point agreed to help me in the search. We decided on the bus station as the first likely place to check. At 2.15 that afternoon, we entered the Trailways bus depot and walked toward the ticket window. Yeah, you'd think a fellow like Dawson would have learned enough to keep out of trouble. What do you figure he's up to now? Yeah, it might be anything, Sheriff. Burglary, stick-up, even a killing. Whatever it is, I hope we can get to him before it's too late. I sure hope we can get a lead here. Can I help you, Ranger? The sheriff and I'd like to ask you a few questions, miss. Sure. Oh, excuse me a second. I've got to announce that bus. <laughs> Bus now, Bus That's my bus. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, sure, I'm glad when that 2.30 bus leaves. Means I only got another half hour to work. Uh-huh. You mind taking a look at that photo? You seen this man in here today? Well, I think I have, yeah. He was in here, bought a ticket from me. Where to? See, now, it was somewhere up north. I'm sorry, Sheriff, but I don't remember just where. You were sure he was here, though? Oh, I'm sure of that, all right. The reason I'm so positive, he gave me a $100 bill. When I gave him change, he pretty near cleaned out my cash drawer. What time was this? Well, I knew it was sometime afternoon, but I'm not too sure when. What buses do you have going north in the afternoon? Just two, the 1.30 and the 4.15. All right, miss. Thanks a lot. Well, if he bought his ticket before that 1.30 northbound left, he could be on it, Jason. Yeah, I figure it's going to take us just about two hours to find out if he is. We drove north and overtook the 1.30 bus after it had traveled a little over 100 miles. Dawson was not aboard. We checked the 4.15 bus. He wasn't on it either. By 11 the next morning, we'd combed all of the towns where he could have stopped off. Still no trace of him. We gave up the search and headed back toward High Point. By noon, we were just coming into town. I'm really beat, Jason. When I get to bed, I'm not going to move for two days. Sure been a long night. Worst part of it is we didn't accomplish a thing. We can be pretty sure whatever Dawson got paid to do, he's probably done it by now. I sure feel sorry for that wife of his. If Dawson gets sent up now, it's going to be for a long, long time. What are you stopping here for? Over there, Sheriff. Coming out of that feed store. Well, I'll... Dawson. Right on Main Street. Let's go. He must see us, but it don't seem to bother him. He's just standing there. He could be playing at KG. Watch yourself. Yeah. Jacy's starting to move. Hold it, Dawson. What do you want? We'd like to talk to you. What about? 
about a bus ride you took yesterday? You crazy, I ain't been on a bus in months. Briskin, Sheriff. Put your hands over your head. Why can't you guys leave me alone just because I spent a few years in the pen? No gun, Jase. What are you talking about, gun? I never had no gun. Here's his wallet. Nothing. Not even a dollar That's bill. That's right, and you know why? Because you guys won't leave me alone so as I can get a job. Like just down at feed Wait store. Wait I... There's something in this inside pocket. Yeah, slip of paper. What does it say? Bella Ross, RFD 12, Odessa. Give me that. Who's Bella Ross? That's my business. Odessa's north here, Jace. It's only 200 miles. Dawson could have made it up and back since yesterday. Were you in Odessa last night, Dawson? No. Then where were you? Well, I always am nights. Home. Can you prove it? Sure. Go talk to my wife. She'll tell you I was home the whole night. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. There's a price tag on almost everything. Whether you drive a shiny new 1952 model or a pre-war jalopy, you had to pay the price. And when you're driving that car, remember that speed also has its price. Death or injuries that can cripple you for life. You may speed at times and get away with it, but the odds are too strongly against you that in some tight spot you'll make a mistake while speeding. It'll be curtains for you. Or you'll have it on your conscience for the rest of your days that you took a life that you and you alone could have avoided if you weren't speeding. The price tag on speed violations last year was 15,000 killed and 500,000 injured. This year, thousands of lives can be saved if you and millions of other motorists come to the sober realization that speed is the biggest killer on the highways. You can do your part. At all times, drive as though your life depends on it. It does. Now we return to the Texas Rangers. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Ex-Con. Tom Dawson continued to insist that he'd been home the night before. He wanted to check his story, so we left him at the sheriff's office and drove out to see his wife. Can we come in, Mrs. Dawson? Yeah. Yeah, you can come in. Thanks. What do you want? Just like to talk to you about your husband. Tom ain't done nothing. We're not saying he has. But after talking to him in town, we got a few things we want to clear up. You talk to Tom. Where is he? The sheriff's office. He ain't done nothing, I tell you. I wish I'd never come to you. I should have known it wouldn't bring nothing but trouble. Where was your husband last night? He was here, home with me the whole night. Yesterday, you told me he left the house carrying a gun. You were afraid he was going to get into trouble. I don't know why I come and told you that. Once in a while, I, I get afraid of things that never happened, like I've been dreaming. You told the ranger a man came up here and paid your husband to do something for him. Was that a dream, too? I... I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't know nothing no more. Mrs. Dawson, do you know a woman up in Odessa named Bella Ross? No. Ever hear your husband talk about her? No. Why do you keep picking on Tom? Why don't you leave us be? I got a feeling, ma'am, you're not telling us everything you know. Ain't nothing to tell. I made a mistake yesterday. Mm can't force you to tell us anything. But we'll find out what we want to know. And if your husband has done something he wrong, we'll... He ain't, I tell you. He ain't done nothing wrong. All right, ma'am. We'll be going now. Ranger? Yes, ma'am? I'll... Nothing. Goodbye, Miss Dawson. 
Gates, that woman's story's full of holes. She's lying. I know. I was kind of hoping she'd save us that trip to Odessa. You mean to check on Bella Ross? Yeah. Let's get up there and see if she fits into this. When we arrived in Odessa, we made inquiries about Bella Ross. We learned she was a widow who lived alone on her ranch ten miles out of town. Oil had been discovered on her land several years before, making her a wealthy woman. We drove to her ranch. The main house was locked and the blinds were drawn. We began to suspect that Dawson's connection with her might have been robbery or even murder. Just as we were about to return to town and get a warrant to enter the house, we spotted a cloud of dust a few miles away. We took the car and headed across the range. As we approached, we saw that the dust was made by a group of men branding calves in a makeshift corral. Jace, I think we're just wasting time coming out here. I don't think any of these boys would have a key to the house. Yeah, if the foreman's out here, he might. Hey, you man over there. Any of you got a key to the Ross Ranch house? Who has a key to my house? Jace, yeah. Are you Bella Ross? Yeah, what about it? I'm Ranger Pearson. This is Sheriff Sims. We'd like to ask you some questions, ma'am. Well, sure, go ahead. Have you noticed any strangers around your place the last day or so? No. Can't say as I have. Why? You know a man named Dawson? Excuse me a second, Ranger. Jim! You, Jim! Be careful how you handle them cans. They cost money. All these hands nowadays just got no respect for stock. Uh, what's that fellow's name you was asking about? Dawson. Tom Dawson. No, don't think I know him. Is he from Odessa? From High Point. Oh, only one I know down there is my nephew. Nephew? Art Finch, my dead sister's boy, only kin I got. You know him? I've met him, Mrs. Ross. Oh, he's a fine boy, ain't he? Well, Bet your life he is. I set him up on a truck farm a few years ago. Told him if he was going to get all my money someday, he'd have to prove he could make some on his own. How's he been doing? Oh, just fine. He'll come every week. Then you haven't been down there lately. No, but I'm figuring to go down there soon. I wrote and told Art a couple of weeks ago I was coming down. Look, I said I didn't mind answering questions, but I'd kind of like to know what this is all about. I don't want to alarm you, Mrs. Ross. I may be wrong, but we think someone's trying to make trouble for you. Make trouble? Who'd want to do anything to me? That's something we can't say till we do a little more checking. But in the meantime, we'd like you to stay in your house till we can get you a police guard. Police guard? <laughs> That's downright crazy, Ranger. I can take care of myself. I'm afraid we'll have to insist on it. If you don't mind, we'll take you back to the house with us right now. Well... You probably know what you're doing, but I still think it's crazy. Better talk to my foreman, then I'll be right back with you. That nephew of hers, Jace, if he's made a success of his farm, the bank sure don't know about it. How do you mean? Finch has got the farm mortgaged up to the hill. Bank's about ready to take it over. You ever been out there? One. Place is in a shambles. I don't believe he's ever worked it. Maybe he's got other interests. I know he has. He's got a reputation around town for being a no-good playboy. We've had him up on dirt charges a couple of times. He sure managed to fool his aunt. Yeah. Jace, you starting to think the same as me, that maybe it's Finch who's trying to get his aunt out of the way? Maybe. He's got everything to gain from it. And then you reckon maybe we better pick him up and talk to it? We need something on him first. The only person who can help us with that is Tom Dawson. <laughs> went back to High Point and began to question Dawson. We told him we thought Finch had hired him to kill Mrs. Ross. He continued to deny he had been hired to kill anyone. I saw we were getting nowhere and figured Mrs. Dawson might be able to help us make her husband talk. I drove out to pick her up. On the way into town, I told her our suspicions. 
From her reaction, I was convinced she still didn't know the nature of the job her husband had been paid for. She told me she was sure Dawson had changed his mind on his own accord. He had returned home just before supper and had stayed there the whole night. When we reached the sheriff's office, I asked Mrs. Dawson to wait in the corridor. Then I joined the sheriff, who was still questioning her husband and getting nowhere. I tell you, I got nothing to say. And why do you guys keep trying to push me around? Nobody's trying to push you around. You get that idea out of your head, Dawson, we'll get along a lot better. Huh? Me getting along with cops. Look, we know you didn't kill Bella Ross. We're pretty sure you didn't even try. But you were hired to do it, weren't you? Well, what if I was? I didn't do it. What made you change your mind? That's my business. Who hired you, Finch? You ain't gonna make a stool pigeon out of me. I don't tell nosy cops nothing. Why are you protecting him? Don't you know you'd be convicted right along with him? For what? I didn't go through with it. No, but you were in on the plans, and that makes you guilty. With your record, you could get ten years just for that. Ten years? Oh, what's it matter? Might as well be back in Huntsville as trying to make a living outside. Nobody cares anyhow. I think you're wrong about that. You can come in now, Mrs. Dawson. Hello, Tom. Liz, what are you doing here? Ranger brought me. He hadn't had to come anyhow. What for? Because I love you. I don't want you locked up. You don't want to bother with me. I'm no good. Yes, you are. If you's no good, you'd have gone through with that killing. And if you's no good, I wouldn't ask the ranger to stop you. You told the cops. Yeah, Tom. It did killed me, but I'd do it again. I don't want you in jail. It belongs with me and the kids. Sure. To watch all three of you starve. You'll make out. Sooner or later, people will forget you ever been in jail. They never forget. Man makes a mistake. He pays for it all his life. Now, go on, Liz. Get yourself another man. That's the way you want it, Tom? that all you care about, me and the kids? Oh, Liz. All these years I've been thinking you loved us the way we love you. I reckon I was wrong. Liz, don't talk that way. Why not? It's true, ain't it? No, it ain't true. Can't you see everything I've done was for you? <laughs> Nothing works out. <laughs> Nothing ever works out. Tom. Oh, Tom, don't. What am I going to do, honey? What am I going to do? Tell them. Tell them what they want to know. It's the only way we're going to make a real clean start. Tell them, Tom. All right. Finch hired me. I couldn't go through with it. I cashed in the bus ticket, and then I took the gun and the money back to his farm. What did he say? He wasn't there. I forgot he was going to be away a few days. I wrapped him up with a note and gave him to Finch's neighbor. And as far as Finch knows, you're still going through with the job. I reckon so. Dawson, it's not going to be easy to catch Finch. There's nothing that says you have to do this, but we need your help. How about it? Tom? All right. I'll help you. We picked up the package containing the gun and money and took it back to Dawson's house. I figured it wouldn't be long before Finch got curious and showed up there. Our job was to get the evidence that would convict him. I sent for a couple of lab men and had them bring a camera and a hidden microphone in the brush near the house. We placed the tape recorder inside the house, and we coated the gun and money with a dye that would come off on a man's hands and could only be seen under ultraviolet light. We sent Mrs. Dawson and the children over to a neighbor's, and then we waited. The first day, nothing happened. 
On the evening of the second day, just after dark, Sheriff and I were standing in front of Dawson's house. Well, I don't know, Jace. Could be when he didn't read in the papers about his aunt being dead, he figured Dawson backed out of the job. And you want to know why? Maybe so, but I still think we ought to get out of all points on it. Mm-hmm. Suppose we did pick him up. He'd say Dawson dreamed the whole thing up. In a court, it'd just be his word against Dawson. Well, I reckon we do need more evidence with regard, but all the same, oh, I don't know. What? Oh, yeah, I see the headlines. This could be him, boys. You ready with the camera? Yeah, right. Let's get inside. Yeah, I wish it was still daylight. Those flash bulbs will only give them one chance to get the picture. If anybody can get it, they can. Is he coming, Ranger? Somebody is. Better get ready. And get over by the recorder, Sheriff. Keep low so he can't see us through the window. Yeah, you want me to switch on the recorder, please? Not yet. Dawson. Yeah? Be sure to hand him the gun so he won't know the bullets are missing. Okay. you, Dawson. Okay. I'll get the recorder. Okay, Jase. Been watching the papers. Haven't seen any good news. I ain't going through with it. You what? You better get somebody else. Here's a gun and the money you give me. Oh, wait a minute. It's more money that you There's want. There's only $190 here. I used 10 for groceries. I'll have to pay you back when I can. Uh, Dawson, look, I'll, I'll give you $2,000 today. Dirty scum. Yeah. It's no use. Oh, three thousand. Yeah, you want this stuff? Now listen to me. That woman's my aunt. She's gonna leave me a lot of money. Good for you. But not if she finds out I haven't done anything with that farm she gave me. She'll be down any time now. Dawson, listen to me. I'll give you ten thousand dollars to kill Bella Ross. If you don't take this stuff, I'm gonna drop it on the ground. Now take it and get out of here. Ten thousand buys a lot of food. Take it. All right. But if you think that, I... what was that? Come on. Hold that light. What's going on here? You just had your picture taken, Finch. And now you're coming with us. Oh, why? For trying to murder your aunt. You're not going to get me. Grab him, Jake. Come back here. I'll kill you. With that gun. Now, put out your hand. Let me alone. Let me go. Now we're going to town and see how that picture turns out. I got an idea. It's one your aunt won't be proud to have in her family album. just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. On Thursday, July 3rd, NBC will bring you the third in the special series of broadcasts in advance of the Republican National Convention, which will take place in Chicago. The program will feature well-known NBC newsmen assigned to the headquarters of the major candidates. You'll find your favorite commentators and reporters in Chicago, W.W. Chaplin, Merrill Muller, Richard Harkness, and Bob Letts. These NBC newsmen will describe campaign headquarters operations and they will interview campaign managers and other key figures in the camps of Taft, Eisenhower, Warren, and Stassen. Yes, the NBC microphones will listen in to every detail and report it to you. Consult your local newspaper for broadcast time and be sure to join us Thursday, July 3rd for Headquarters Report. This program is another step forward making it possible for you to follow the campaign of the next president on NBC. Now, Tales of the Texas Rangers. Uh, 
And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Art Finch was tried for conspiracy to commit murder. Because of Dawson's assistance in obtaining evidence for the state, the court dismissed the case against him. The judge convinced the local farmer to give Dawson a probationary job. He was later taken on permanently. Art Finch was sentenced to 10 years in Huntsville Penitentiary. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Charles E. Israel, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking. Wednesdays, hear the best of Groucho on NBC. bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Tomorrow, from the Windy City, NBC, the national broadcasting company, begins its coverage of the Republican National Convention. More than 300 experts in their fields will be on hand to bring you every important news event of the next week. Yes, tomorrow is the big day. NBC has been preparing for this convention coverage for almost a full year. With tons of valuable equipment at their disposal and years of news experience behind them, men like H.V. Caldenborn, John Cameron Swayze, Richard Harkness, W.W. Chaplin, 
and hundreds of other nationally known newsmen will see to it that you at home will be able to attend the Republican convention on NBC. You'll be closer to the activity than many of the people at Chicago's International Amphitheater, for NBC will take you to the convention floor, to smoke-filled rooms, and to news studios built especially for convention use. Yes, NBC, with more personnel than any other network, will be your best bet for convention coverage. You'll hear all the news first on this station. Now, the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called The Boomerang. It is late afternoon on a Thursday in May, 1937. Several miles north of Catonsville, Texas, a car containing two middle-aged women pulls up in front of a shanty on a rundown farm. He's here, all right. There's his horse and buggy. I'll ride back with him, Ruthie. All right, Ethel. Thanks for driving me over. Don't mention it. All right, all right. Don't break it down. I'm coming. Oh, Mrs. Hadley. What do you want? Is my father in there? No, he ain't. Don't lie to me. That's his buggy. I said he ain't around. Now get out of here. Don't tell me what to do, Sam White. I'm coming in to get my paw. You take one step inside my place and I'll bust you in the teeth. What? Why, when my Harry gets back from his sisters, we'll see who gets busted in the teeth. Your husband ain't going to do nothing to me. Oh, no? Oh, no. Harry's just as tired of your nagging as your paw is. He only went to Oklahoma to get away from you for a couple of weeks. That ain't so. Now, you tell my pa to come out of there. Why don't you get on your broom and fly off my property? You're just asking for trouble, Sam, and you're gonna get it. Pa! That you, Ethel? You out back? Yes. What do you want? I'm taking him home, and he ain't never coming here again. Why don't you ask him if he wants to go? He don't belong around no filthy, sloppy pig like you. The way I live, none of your nosy business. Hey, Roscoe, the warden's come to take you back. <laughs> What's the matter this time, Ethel? How many times have I told you not to come over here? And what are you doing with your feet in that tub of dirty water? It's for my rheumatism. It's got sassafras roots and kale in it. Something Sam fixed up for you, I suppose. I'd like to fix up a pine box for you. Shut your mouth, you. Hey, ain't that Pa's watch chain you're wearing? Well, what of it? He gave it to me. Pa, why did you give him that gold chain? Well... He liked it. I never heard of such a thing. Sam, you hand over that chain right now. You just try and make me, woman. My mother give that to Pa. And he give it to me, so I'm keeping it. Let's cut the argument, Ethel. I give Sam a present and he's going to keep it. I want him to have it. You're always giving him something. Suppose you give him that box of canned goods out by the back door, too. I just loan Sam the money for that until his pension check comes through. We bought the stuff because... Because he invited me for supper. What for? So he could get some more of your money? It's your pa's money, not yours. If he helped me out once in a while, it's his business. Well, it's my business, too. Come on, Pa, get your feet out of that tub. Are you going to let your daughter push you around like that? Ah, there ain't no use in arguing with her. She always gets away. Well, if she was mine, I'd put her over my knee and wail the living daylights out of her. Like she was a spoiled kid. Come on, Pa. You can put your shoes on in the buggy. Oh, all right, Ethel. Sure, gone, both of you. Huh? Darn crazy woman. Look at you, letting her lead you around by the nose. 
Run home. Don't come back. Oh, you don't mean that, Sam. You're right, I do. Get off my property or I'll throw you off. See? I told you he was only after your money. Go on, get up in the buggy, Pa. I don't believe it. Why, Sam ain't that way. Sure I am. She told you so. You see? You're not giving him nor anybody else no more money. I won't give him no more, Ethel. I know you won't. Shouldn't keep all that money around the house anyhow. First thing tomorrow morning, you're going to get in this buggy and take every penny of it to the bank. Yeah, you better do it, too, or she'll send you to bed without your supper. Oh, fool. Get up, Rusty. Get up. At 3.30 the following afternoon, Mrs. Hadley went to the office of Sheriff Nielsen and reported that her father, Roscoe Kreider, was missing. After a preliminary check, the sheriff requested aid from the Texas Rangers. Forty-five minutes later, Ranger Jace Pearson was at the sheriff's office. You'll find him, won't you, Ranger? We'll do our best, Mrs. Hadley. When was the last time you saw your father? About half past nine this morning, when he took off in the buggy. With the $1,400? Yes, sir. Was in the tin box. He never got to the bank, Jace. And we can pretty well rule out the possibility of an accident. He's not at the hospital, and no doctor around here has seen him. Oh, excuse me. I Sheriff know speaking. something terrible's happened to yeah. him. And it's all my Hold fault. On, I made him go. I- I'll be right back, Jace. I'm going to take this call in the other office. Okay, Sheriff. Was your father feeling all right when he left for the bank, Mrs. Hadley? He wasn't ailing, if that's what you mean. But he was in pretty low spirits because I kept after him till he took off in the buggy. I was only doing it for his own good. Did he ever stay away this long before? Sometimes he'd sneak off with that awful man named Sam White. But I stopped off there and Sam claims he ain't seen him all day. You think he might be lying? He sure could be, Ray. He's a nasty old man. Can I see you over here? Sure. Excuse me, ma'am. What is it, Sheriff? That phone call. One of our boys in a plane thinks he spotted Crider's horse and buggy. Where? On the edge of Bourne's Lake. But there was nobody near it. Have a deputy take Mrs. Hadley home. We'll go out there. We drove out to the lake. The horse was grazing about 50 feet from the unhitched buggy. Well, don't see him anywhere. There's nothing in the buggy. You can see where he walked around unhitching the horse. Yeah. And I would Look over there, Sheriff. Where? Down toward the edge of the water. <laughs> A lot of footprints. Yeah. He must have gone up to his ankles in mud. It looks like someone shoved a rowboat off here into the water. Reckon he went rowing? It doesn't make much sense that Roscoe Kreider would take his money down here and go rowing. It sure doesn't. Can you see any boats on the lake? No, not from here. Let's get up on that rise. We ought to be able to spot it from there. The lake's only half mile across at most. Yeah, this should be high enough. And there isn't a single boat out there. Now, wait a minute. There's one over there in that inlet. Hmm? Nobody in it, though. Let's take a look. Might be the one Kreider used. place to leave a boat. Yeah. Looks like it just drifted into these reeds. Mm. The oars are pulled in. The boat he took, all right. 
That mud on the floor is still wet. Well, the boat's in the water, so it's a pretty good chance he didn't go on shore. Wait a minute, Sheriff. What's the matter, Jason? A straw hat over there floating by the reeds. Come on. Doesn't look like it's been in the water very long. Look at the initials in this hat band. R.C. Roscoe Kreider. He must have committed suicide. Guess so. We better drag the lake. told Mrs. Hadley the news. She broke down and bitterly blamed herself for her father's death. She felt she'd driven him to it by being too hard on him. I called headquarters for aid, and at dawn the following morning, a crew started dragging the lake. The sheriff and I circled the shore on horseback to see if the body had been washed up. Still worried about not finding the money? Don't you think it's kind of funny? Well, not exactly. Look, Jace, no man in his right mind commits suicide in the first place. Well, that's right. As I see it, Roscoe Kreider was all riled up because his daughter was running his life to her liking. If he was mad enough to kill himself, I think he'd be sore enough to take his money to the bottom with him. Maybe so. I can't see why he wanted to destroy $1,400. After all, Mrs. Hadley wasn't after his money. She was only trying to help him in her own way. I'm almost willing to bet we'll find that money on the end of a grappling hook. We'll see. Whoa, whoa, Charlie. Whoa, whoa, holy boy. See anything, Jason? No, I'd just like to check under that pier. It's a good place for a body to get wedged in. Yeah, you better be careful. This old pier is rotten clean through. Not safe to use anymore. Uh-huh. A couple boards missing. You can see straight down to the pilot. Yeah. Let me take a look. See anything, Jace? No. It's all clear down here. Let's go out to the end. Sheriff, have any of the dragging crew been on this pier? No, I told him to keep off. Why? There's fresh mud tracks on this planking. Well, I know none of the boys were out here. Looks like these tracks were made by someone who got out of a boat. You mean maybe Roscoe Kreider didn't commit suicide? I don't know. We didn't find any suicide note. Besides, what proof do we have that Roscoe Kreider wasn't robbed and killed? You... You think these tracks belong to somebody who killed Roscoe? It's sure possible. Killer could have tried to make it look like suicide by rowing Kreider's body out the middle of the lake and pushing it overboard, then landing here at the end of the pier. Yeah, that sure explain these muddy tracks. Yeah. Another thing. The wind's been blowing from the southeast for the last couple of days. The boat would float right toward that inlet. That's just where we found it. Maybe you're right, Jace. Maybe it was murder. When we find the body, we'll know for sure. So, now we start looking for a murderer, huh? Uh-huh. And a clever one. Somebody who knew Roscoe Kreider was carrying a lot of money. Only two people knew that. Mrs. Hadley and Sam White. That's just what I've been thinking. Let's go pick him up. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. At this moment throughout the country, millions of motorists are beginning to wend their way home along crowded highways from a long Independence Day weekend. It is at times such as these when accidents happen more frequently, when death and driving draw closer together. You can help to decrease the accident and death rate on our nation's highways. Excessive speed for driving conditions is a major cause of many motor accidents. 
Control your speed at all times to keep within the safe speed, not just the legal limit. America's professional truck drivers are taught to drive ahead of themselves and to avoid accidents by seeing them threaten before they can happen. They know that careful driving keeps them from having accidents which may take lives. Speed is the number one killer on the highways. So drive carefully today on your way home from an enjoyable weekend and tomorrow wherever you go in your car. Exercise caution, courtesy, and the golden rule for the life you save may be your own. Now act two of the Texas Rangers. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, The Boomerang. We left the crew at the lake and drove to Sam White's dilapidated farmhouse. Outside, we saw an elderly woman trying to lead a mule up a ramp into the back of a truck. You want to I wonder who that there. woman is. Sam isn't married. Uh, probably a neighbor. Howdy, boys. Uh, howdy, man. Howdy. How come Sam isn't out here helping you with this mule? No, he moved. Come on now, get up here. Here, mules as stubborn as Sam White. When did he move? Last night. Bought all his stock, but this ornery mule, his won't pay me no mind. Get on up there. I'm going to have to take a whip to him as sure as I'm born. You know where Sam went? I got no idea at all. When he come by last night, he had all his stuff piled on the trailer, hooked on back to the old wreck he drives. Levi, no, you do a man? Sure you do, Sheriff. I'm Fred Russell's sister, live over near the South Wash. Oh, of course. I, I didn't recognize you with your hair, Bob. <laughs> Did Sam say where he was going? Nope. Just said, doggone you, mule, now get on up, not down. Come on now, come on. That's it, boy. And sakes, that was. Would you mind just shoving that ramp and closing the tailgate? Sure, ma'am. Thanks. Now, what was I telling you? About last night. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Sam said it was an emergency. Had to go away, didn't say why. So he sold me the whole shooting match. Already got the hogs and a couple of angora goats and some chickens. He didn't even know for sure how many of them he had. And then this here mule. Did he act like he needed money? No, sir, I wouldn't say that. I, he was satisfied with $42 I give him for the whole batch of stock. Them goats and hogs are worth more than that by themselves. Seems like he wanted to sell out at any price. Are you sure he didn't say anything that would tell where he was heading? Nope, not a single word. I signed over the milk check the dairy gave me, and he drove off. Check? Yep. Something wrong? What company issued that check, ma'am? Criterion Dairy. Thanks, ma'am. Come on, Sheriff. Where are we heading, Jase? Criterion Dairy. When that check comes back, we want to know where it was cashed. We went to the dairy company. They arranged with their bank to notify us when the canceled check came back. Meanwhile, we continued our search for Roscoe Kreider's body without success. A week later, the check came through. It had been cashed 300 miles away in Tucker, Texas, by a real estate broker named John Cooney. We went there. Well, that's it, Jase. There's your sign, John Cooney. Maybe Sam White bought some property. Yeah, I'll get it. Thanks. Morning, gentlemen. What can I do for you? Are you Mr. Cooney? Yes, sir, I am. You remember cashing this check? Well, let's see now. No, sure. sure. I, I took it as a rental payment a few days ago. From a man named Sam White? That's right. Rented him a little place out on York Road. He gave me the check for part of the rent. Uh, is something wrong with the check? No, it's okay. How do we get to Mr. White's place? 
Well, it's about three miles out on York Road. But if you want to see him, he's probably in town. What makes you think so? Well, when he rented the farm, he asked me where he could pick up some stock. I told him to go down to the auction yard today. They have sales every Monday, you know. I'm sure it'll be down there. Hmm? That's about it, Jase. Yeah. Let's get over to that auction. The auction was held out in the open. We moved around the edge of the crowd trying to spot Sam White. You know, we're sure going to have a time finding him among all these people. I just hope he doesn't see us first and sneak out. Hey, why don't we mix with the crowd and wander through it, Sheriff? Okay. Could we get Excuse through me, here, please? Excuse Sam's me, please. a big man, Jace. Easy to... Hey, Jace, I think I see him. Where? Right up front, wearing that checkered shirt. Uh-huh. Come on. Excuse me, please. Pardon me. Let us through, please. He sees us, Jace. Look, there he goes. Keep an eye on him, Sheriff. Would you let me through here, please? Please, please. Mr. He's running past that pen full of hogs. Sam! Hold it! He's making for the parking lot. Sam! Sam White! Hold it, White. You're not going anywhere, so just stand still. Well, what do you want of me, Ranger? I ain't done nothing unlawful. And then why are you running away? I wasn't running from you. Fact is, I didn't see you. I, I forgot I had to meet a fella. I was in a rush to get there. You ain't going to hold me back, are you? You're darn right we're going to hold you. You've got a lot of answering to do. About what? I don't know what you want me to tell you. Why did you leave Catonsville in such a hurry? Well, there's no crime in moving. It's a free country, Ranger. How come you picked the day Roscoe Crider disappeared? Well, when I heard poor Roscoe drowned himself, I, I didn't feel like staying around no more. Are you sure you didn't leave because you murdered him? Ranger, you ain't serious, are you? Me kill Roscoe? Why... We is closer than most kinfolk. He had $1,400 on him the day he disappeared. Outside of his daughter, you were the only one who knew that. Well, that don't make me no more a murderer than a blue-nosed mule. Where'd you get enough money to be stocking another farm? Sold all my livestock for coming here. I can prove it. You don't have to. We know you only got $42 for it. How about it, Sam? You want to tell us the truth? You're digging a dry well, Sheriff. I wouldn't rob or kill Roscoe, rest his soul... No more than I can fly like a bird. Sam, if we find that money in your house, you're in for a lot of trouble. You know that, don't now, you? Now, you stay away from our house. There ain't nothing in it to interest you at all. Quit stalling, Sam. We think you murdered Kreider and took his money. You're going to have to prove it. Maybe we will. Sheriff, let's lock him up. We turned Sam White over to the local constable. Then we got a search warrant from the magistrate and went out to the farm White had rented. Look at it, Jace. Hardly any difference between this shack and his last one. Yeah, I reckon he was going to use that money for other things. Yeah. Yeah, door's locked. Let's try that window. It's open a couple inches. Good. Hey, I'll go in first. You don't have to climb through. I'll open the door, Sheriff. Okay, Jace. He doesn't have much furniture in here. Shouldn't take us long to go through his stuff. Not many places in here to hide him. Let's try this closet. Some packages up on the shelf. What old shoe boxes? Yeah, he. Here's a tin box. The cover's really jammed on tight. Well, there it is. Neat little stack of bills. Mm -hmm. I reckon this cinches the case. It sure does. Let's show this to Sam White. See what he has to say. Come on. Hey, wait a minute, Sheriff. What is it? You hear that noise? Sounded like it came from that back room. 
careful, Sheriff. What? Roscoe. What are you doing here, Mr. Kreider? Please, please don't take me away. I don't want to go back home. Are you all right? Ethel sent you to bring me back, didn't she? Please tell her you couldn't find me. Nobody sent us, Mr. Kreider. We thought you were dead. Well, that's what I wanted you to think. Ain't there some way you can forget you've seen me? How about telling us what this is all about? Uh, you promise I can stay here? You're an adult. You've got a right to do anything you want. Yeah, my daughter don't think so. Everything I'd done was wrong. I couldn't smoke in the house. I, I had to eat only what she liked. I had to go to bed when she had company. Treated me just like a kid. Well, you had money. Why didn't you move out? I did. I moved in with Sam once. Ethel come after me and made me go back home. You know what I mean? She took me by the arm and she dragged me. She said my place was with her. You didn't have to pretend you were dead. There must have been some other way. Oh, I don't know, Ranger. Ethel would never give up on me unless I was dead. I ain't never going back. Did Sam talk you into that fake suicide? Yeah. You sure he didn't do it just to get more of your money? Oh, no, Ranger. Why, Sam always pays back what he owes me. And the only money I spend now is for my own keep. I see. Mr. Kreider, you know your daughter has to be told you're alive. No. No. No, it'd, be, it'd just be the same thing all over again. Nagging me and bawling me out. Please don't tell her. We have to, Roscoe. She filed a missing persons report. She has to know you're alive. Well, do you have to tell her where I am? That part's up to you. Well, then, then I don't want her to know. She's been miserable blaming herself for your suicide. <laughs> she don't care. She does, Mr. Kreider. She does care. She thought she was doing the right thing for you. She knows now she was wrong. Yeah, not Ethel. She'd never owned up to being wrong about anything. If you could see her now, you'd know how sorry she is for the way she treated you. Well, I wish I could believe that. It'd make me feel a lot happier. Will you give us a chance to prove it? Well, maybe, but, but how? You leave that up to us. <laughs> You can come into the office now, Miss Hadley. Thank you. Hello, Ranger. Hello, Mrs. Hadley. Sit down, won't you? Thank you. The sheriff said you had something to tell me. Yes, ma'am. We've got some news for you. Your father's alive. <gasps> alive? Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Is he all right? He's fine, Mrs. Hadley. Tell me, where is he? That's something we can't tell you. You mean you don't know? We know. Then I don't understand. Why can't you tell me? Because he asked us not to. Oh, oh he hates me. He hates me that much. No, ma'am, he doesn't hate you. He must. If he didn't, he'd want to see me. Maybe he does want to see you, but he's afraid you'd make him come back and live with you. No, no, I wouldn't. Mrs. Hadley... Your father likes his freedom. I know that now. But I love him so. I thought everything I did was for his own good. I, I was wrong. Well, we, we all make mistakes. He'll never forgive me. Now I'll never be able to see him again. Oh, Paul, Paul. Excuse me a minute, Mrs. Hadley. <laughs> 
what she said, Mr. Kreider? <laughs> yes. Yes, I heard. You believe us now? I, I believe you, Ranger. I want to see her. In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. Tomorrow, the Republican convention begins in Chicago. Gathered in this convention city are more than 300 employees of NBC, all completing last-minute details, so that tomorrow morning you will hear the best convention coverage. Yes, as in every election year since 1928, NBC will be the leader in convention news coverage in 1952. Top news reporters, men like H.V. Kaltenborn, John Cameron Swayze, Morgan Beatty, W.W. Chaplin, and a dozen more will be on a round-the-clock basis to bring you all the convention news when and as it happens. Through the facilities of the National Broadcasting Company, you will travel throughout Chicago to hotel headquarters, special meeting places, the convention hall itself, and to NBC's special studios built just for giving you top convention coverage. No other network offers you a better way to attend the Republican convention. Hear every exciting moment on this station of the NBC radio network. Now the conclusion of Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now here are the results of the case you have just heard. Mrs. Hadley kept her word. Her father continued living quietly with Sam White on their rented farm. Until his death seven years later, Roscoe Kreider made periodic visits to his daughter in Catonsville. And here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. Folks, today is a red-letter day for Tales of the Texas Rangers. It marks our second anniversary on the radio. And as we go into the beginning of the third year, we want to tell you listeners how much we've appreciated your letters and wonderful comments. Most of you know that it takes a lot of work to put on a show of this type. From the gathering of the research material to the sign-off of the actual broadcast, there are dozens of people who help to put over tales of the Texas Rangers. To the Ranger Force, and to all our wonderful friends at the Department of Public Safety, to Captain Gonzalez, to the staff at NBC, and to the local stations that make up this great network, we say thanks ever so much. And to you, the listeners, our grateful appreciation... We hope we'll be with you for a long time to come. And we hope you feel that way, too. Good night, folks, and thanks. See you next week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of The Texas Rangers. is currently seen in San Francisco Story, a Warner Brothers release. The cast included Tony Barrett, Elizabeth Slifer, Ralph Moody, Howard McNair, Parley Bear, and D.J. Thompson. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Bernard Ederer, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keats. Hal Gibney speaking.
Wednesdays hear the best of Groucho on NBC. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. How does a radio network go about covering a national political convention? It could be simple. Just place a microphone on the rostrum and listen to the speeches. Well, that's one way, but it wouldn't bring you the real excitement and atmosphere of a convention. It wouldn't bring you anything of the -the behind-the-scenes plans and deals that are so much a part of the political game. These are the reasons why NBC sent more than 300 expert newsmen and technicians to Chicago to cover the Democratic Convention beginning Monday, July 21st. There's an NBC man for every four delegates. With NBC, you'll interview the delegates, hear the candidates in formal speeches and off-guard moments, and the myriad political technicalities will be made crystal clear by America's greatest newsmen. Yes, for complete, careful, concise coverage of the Democratic National Convention, make your headquarters the NBC Radio Network. You will find that their years of leadership in radio news reporting means continued leadership in the coverage of the Democratic Convention. Now, tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Finger Man. It is just before noon on a sweltering day in August 1943. In the county jail at Dover, Texas, nine men are eating lunch at a table on the runway just outside their cells. Among the prisoners are Leon Desser and Carl Foley, serving one-year sentences for unlawful possession of firearms. Uh, It's hot. Yeah. Give me the bread for you. Lousy stew and it's hot weather. Makes my stomach sick just looking at it. Uh, How about the bread? I can feel the heat coming through that tin roof. They got no right putting a tin roof on this place. Uh, Hey, you you gonna give me... Will you quit crying? Well, I only wanted... Here. Well, you didn't have to do that, Foley. Heat's bad enough without you crying in my ear. They'll be bringing that horn kid back from the courthouse any minute. Definitely hears you throwing food around and you slapped you into solitary. Well, let him try. Oh, you you talk big. Yes, sir. Hmm? We're gonna bust out of here. You're crazy? We already done six months. Another six and they'll let us out. I ain't spending another day in this hot box. We're busting out. Fully, fully. Look, just six more months. It ain't long. Then we start knocking over stores again, and they won't be looking for us. You're chicken, Desser. I don't know why I ever picked you for a partner in the first place. <laughs> you know why? You like the way I open safes. Ain't that it, Fully? You're chicken. Look, I said we're busting out. Okay. How do you figure to do it? All these guys have got to be with us. Otherwise, it won't work. Hey, you guys. Listen. Desser and me is busting out of here. You with us? How you gonna work it, Foley? Now, listen, listen, listen. It won't be tough. Deputy will be bringing that horn kid back. We'll hear him when he unlocks the outer door. Minute he opens the door into this runway, we jump him and get his keys. That don't sound so easy. Shut up. You guys in? 
Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, Ellis. Keep talking like we always do so as we don't tip our hands. Where are we going to go when we get out? First thing we got to do is get out. Yeah, well, if he yells Will you sheriff... shut up? Time the sheriff gets upstairs, we'll be out. And if we ain't? Sheriff don't want his deputy killed, does he? He's coming. Okay, you guys, now get ready. Don't jump till I give the word. Keep talking. You got a match there? Yeah. 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 got a light. All right, all right. Get in there. Yeah, I'll bring you some food in a few minutes. Now! Hey, what's going on? Don't let him close that door. He can't do this. He's getting away. Oh, come on. He's going to throw them keys outside. Grab him. Oh, give me them keys. Hey, you ain't going to get them. Hold on to them, Tessa. No, you don't. don't. He threw them out. Sheriff! You dirty cop. Sheriff! Thanks for joining us for Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn. This is 1001 Stories from the Old West. Reviews are always appreciated. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll be back soon.